This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of practical shepherding. And I am joined once again in studio with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you. Glad you're back. Uh, thanks, Brian. Good to yeah. be here. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to squeeze this in. Jim just got back from a trip with his son from New York, celebrating graduation stuff, I guess, Jim, right? When that's the big Graduation thing. and his 18th birthday. Right, and so then I leave, Lord willing, Sunday for Scotland to do a good bit of ministry in Scotland. So we are... we're. Excited we were able to track each other down and be in uh, Louisville at the same time to to do several of these episodes. And in this episode, actually we'll get to the topic in a minute, but I want to encourage you to to keep writing us with topics that you want us to tackle. Uh, that's been very helpful. It's helped us to know what needs you have. As I'm doing this video cohort, though some of you are involved in this, it's been really helpful just to hear the questions that come from these pastors to know what what are the biggest needs in their in their particular church. So please write us through. <clears throat> you can write us through the website, uh, the Facebook page. But there's several ways to reach us and to to send your ideas that way. Uh, also, <clears throat> practicalshepherding.com. There's other resources there we can serve you with. And if you even want to financially help us, you can go to the donate button and uh, financially support us in that way. And, and uh, we have a lot of exciting expansion things happening this year. So pray for us as God gives us wisdom to to tackle those things. Today we're gonna we're gonna delve into a topic that Jim really is foundational to this ministry because uh, "Visit the Sick" was the first book that was published with the ministry and. <clears throat> The how to care for somebody in the hospital is our topic, by the way, and how to care for somebody in the hospital, how a pastor can go and do ministry in the hospital to the sick is really how all this started. That's how I started training interns in my church. They asked me to start writing some stuff down, and 10 years later, here we are. So this is a foundational topic to this ministry, but we're talking about it because it's a foundational topic to the pastor's ministry, Mm. and it is largely neglected now with young mm. pastors in particular. So that's why we want to tackle this. So Jim, will you kind of just set this up biblically for us and thinking about caring for the sick? Yeah, well, sure, Brian, thank you. The I think we're going to start with the reality of of the curse and, and the fall and its effect upon humanity. Uh, if you're in ministry and you have people at your church, sooner or later you are going to have some kind of a physical crisis or perhaps even a mental or emotional crisis that's going to cause somebody to be hospitalized or to be uh, out of commission. And there is going to be on the part of that sheep uh, the hope or the expectation that their pastor is going to visit them. And that, and, and I think that we can say that they, there is some biblical justification for that being the case uh, with that reality. When, when you are sick, when you are, you are hurting, uh, it's not just your body that is hurting. Uh, you know, if it were just a matter of the body, then we could say, "Well, just go see a doctor," right? right. Uh, because there are things that the doctor is obviously going to do that we are unable to do. But it also has an effect upon the soul, and there are numerous passages that demonstrate the connection between the soul and the body. That's right. And since our job is soul care, you know, we're going to go. It's not just how are you, how are you feeling with this diagnosis, but. Uh, physically, but how is this affecting you? How is this affecting your walk with the Lord, your view of God? Uh, Do you feel lonely? Do you feel neglected? And and people in that condition are going to have a tendency because they're going to have a lot of hours to themselves to feel neglected, to feel like they're they're not cared for, um, particularly if they're not at church for a week, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, And if they're not on your radar, uh, then that sheep is going to feel like they don't they don't have a shepherd. 
It also needs to be said that that I'm a, a strong believer in the two of the most significant places for pastors to do ministry. Uh, impactful ministry is the hospital and mm. the funeral home. Mm. So what you articulated is the reason why I'm a firm believer that we almost want to seize the opportunity to get to the hospital to do yeah. the, our ministry. Right, right. It's 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 a great open door, and, and we'll say more about that in just a second here, Brian. But you know, we're talking about what you know in the scriptures. Uh, I think first thing that it is it's an area of general love, and and Matthew twenty five points that out when Jesus is describing the practical difference, the uh, emotional and moral difference between sheep and goats. He doesn't focus on their, you know, their doctrine of the Trinity as important right. as that is or their views of justification, but uh, has grace affected your heart to the point where you have compassion and you demonstrate that compassion practically for prisoners and among the, the naked, the, 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 the hungry, and among the things he says is, I was sick and either you visited me or I was sick and you didn't visit me. Mm-hmm. Now, that's general. Yep. You do have in, in uh, James chapter 5 a particular directive. It's actually given to the sick. Right. But it includes the elders of the church, and uh, and so the question is, in, in James five thirteen, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Now, there's a lot of theology there to try to unpack, and and I imagine this is a, an oft-neglected passage, uh, both by the people in the church and by and by pastors. And I think if it's done, it's usually the elders going and saying, "Hey, do you want us to pray over you?" True, but there right. is something here where where you need to inform, you know, and we need to encourage our people. Listen, if you're sick, if you're in trouble then do let your elders know. We want to help you. We want to practically and emotionally and spiritually help you. And some of that's on us. I think Matthew 25, it is the impetus of our love to care for the suffering. There's an element of this where where the the people of God need to be encouraged. Hey, if you're suffering, uh, here's some of the things that you you should do, and you should include your pastor's uh, in your suffering and encourage them to come and visit you and pray for you. It's an interesting insight, Jim, because the uh, so often you're right. The the elders are the ones, the pastors are the ones that, that take the initiative to go. But to that point, I think that's where you would find a lot of people who are most hurt in a pastor's neglect to do this work is when they do inform you of right. what's going on. I am sick. I am in the hospital or I'm having surgery or this or that. And then pastors do nothing, and I think I think to your point, the James five passage maybe points to why that becomes so hurtful to people is they know their need, they know they their need not just for a doctor, but they need their pastor, right? And and for a pastor to neglect that can be particularly harmful. So it's it's a wonderful opportunity to seize ministry wise, and it can be uh, equally harmful when pastors neglect this particular work. Yeah, in church, the church I grew up in, well, I say grew up in, from the time I was 14, 15 onward, um, 
it was kind of expected, and I think this was common because there was an SBC church, and it, I think this was a common thing that the deacons were the ones that visited. Right. Yep. Is that what That's you grew up with? You, it's you common saw in the that. SBC that way. Yep. And so the preacher, I mean, you kind of either had to be a big shot or you had to be in real bad trouble for the preacher to show up. <laughs> and, and rather than having it be that the the pastor and it, and it, it does matter. I mean, it, it and it, I think it does matter uh, if you are the primary preaching pastor in the church and what you do then is you send you know your your young intern to go in in your place when you walk in there and you spend those moments uh, in the hospital it does have and it's and i hope there's not, not nothing in the of this is celebrityism because you know we both pastor small churches uh but it does matter to them it shows that you matter they matter to you and, and you, that, you know them Right, and, and you, you know, know them. them, right, and and uh, those moments spent build bridges. If uh, a, a sick child, when you go and you minister to a sick child, it it ministers to that child, it ministers to the family that that you were there, that you carved that time out mm. uh, and dealt with that. So let let's uh let's think about maybe pastors who are, neglect this. What do you think? Some of the the reasons that pastors are not making this a priority because I'm I want to acknowledge and, and this is a, a this is a gross generalization but just trying to make a point that the younger generation of pastors are typically not engaging in this work. It's older pastors who were commonly engaged in this more. Yeah. And so uh, if, if regardless though, if you're a pastor listening to this, regardless of what your age is, and you you know you need to assess how much do you give to this kind of work and and obviously when people go in the hospital. There's not a lot of warning with it, so you've already got a week planned, and sure. you've got all these meetings going on. You know how, even just thinking about your schedule, how much margin do you have in your schedule for these kinds of things? So let's think about for a minute. I, I know one of the main reasons pastors don't go do this work is actually fear. Right, like they don't know what to say, they don't know what to do. They maybe hate hospitals. It's always interesting when I take interns to the hospitals to find out how they react when they see blood or they see. <laughs> Needles or what? I mean, right, it, it, but the smells, the sounds. The smells, the, the, the sounds. I mean, right, you feel overwhelmed. That's right. So I, I know that fear is one of the reasons. So again, we want to highlight a couple of those things. So if you're listening to this, to be aware of maybe, if you are neglectful in this area, wh- why is that? It's good to know. Is it fear? What's what's another reason, Jim? That I, I think sadly sometimes you can, you can feel that what you have to offer is inconsequential. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, look, the, the, you know, their problem is a kidney stone, not a verse that they're dealing with. You know, right. if they want to, if they're wrestling with, you know, God's sovereignty and suffering, well, we can have that. I'd love to have that discussion over coffee. But what do you do when, you know, they're trying to pass a stone and they're doubled up in agony? <laughs> That's right. And you feel like you feel awkward. You can feel uh, you're, you're, um, you're taking up too much time. I know when I've been in the hospital, because I've been a patient, I think probably more than you have. At this point, yeah, yeah, I'm waiting, brother. So uh, I'll <laughs> will you come visit me? Did you come visit me? Did you visit me? Did you visit me when I was in the hospital? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think you've been in you? a lot. Not every time you were in the hospital, but <laughs> I think yes. you came. Yeah, yes, it was very kind of you. Yes, I have been to the hospital through the years to see right, you. So yeah, right. thank you. <laughs> but, um, but so I, yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things that um, you know when it's it's quick, it just happens. And yeah, so go ahead, continue your point. Yeah, so I, I think you can feel like, what am I doing? Well, the scriptures do teach that this is a very important part of this, is that uh, your prayer for them 
has a very powerful effect. Uh, it can have a very powerful yeah, effect. James 5 is referring to right, that, right? right exactly. And, and that, that ought to be encouraged, that, that they ought to be uh, hopeful when you or the other elders come. And sometimes it will be all the elders. And we've had some yep. situations where uh, you know, sometimes two of us are there at a time, but we've had some times where, where there are four elders in the church right now. All four of us will go. Uh, to the person's uh, hospital room where we, we've prayed for them or we have done it at the church where we've um, they will come together. So we just did this two weeks ago, and this was a situation not as much a physical matter as it is an, an emotional and a psychological uh, mm. torment that okay. one of our ladies is going through. Okay. And, uh, and we laid hands on her and, and, and prayed for God's mental, emotional healing for her. That's good. So let's turn, let's turn to just some kind of practical nuggets. We can just kind of throw out there that we think might be helpful as, because again, the, the, the common, the common fear is what do I do? What do I say? First thing I'll throw out there, the average stay of a hospital visitation should be five to 10 minutes. And that kind of just flabbergast some people when they hear that because that's not what we do ever with anything else but you mm. but to your point and you can speak to this Jim you've been a patient a lot yeah. several times through the years but you know five to ten minutes if you're in the hospital you're there for a reason you're not feeling well like you said you're trying to pass a kidney stone you're not wanting to entertain for 45 minutes <laughs> for the person that comes in so right. five to ten minutes there's a lot you can do in that time it's better to not stay long enough than to overstay right. in the hospital. So I've always been a believer of a sh- of a short stay. I mean, be discerning, but I know pastors who will go yeah. stay an hour at a, at a hospital like they're in somebody's living room, and right. it is a very different. Go visit. ahead, nurse your baby. I don't care. Yeah. Right? You know, the, you know, like uh, actually, just get up and leave. You know. So, so practical things, Jim. Just throw out there for pastors. Yeah. So again, I I think you need to. Uh, you need to have some mechanism by which you're informed of what's going on with people. I mean, you know, so again, that needs to be encouraged. Or if you hear via the grapevine, now sometimes I don't hear until later, you know, because sometimes today people make their announcements on social media. So it's on Facebook and, you know, well, do I, is it, do we have to scroll through Facebook all the time to find out what's happening, you know, with our folks? So one of our ladies recently miscarried and, uh, and then had to make an emergency trip to the, to the hospital for a DNC because she was she started bleeding. Yep. I didn't know about it till it was all over with. Yep. You know, so yep. you feel badly. So you find what, some way to contact them after. Or so mm-hmm. sorry to hear about what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was out of town, or I was a, uh, I didn't hear about it till you know. But when you know about it, sometimes it, sometimes it passes. So the crisis, they're in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think mm-hmm. primarily we're talking about. So somebody has either. They're ill in the hospital, or sometimes, and I think we should also mention sometimes they're ill at home. <clears throat> they're, that's uh, right. You know, so it may be that you're going to visit right. them, you know. So I don't want anybody to hear that and say, well, they just talked about the hospital, but, you know, so also at home. So a mechanism by which you know, you, you know, so at least you're aware and you're, you're getting news and then responding. Sometimes you're able to respond ahead of time. So you know somebody's going to be going in for surgery on Friday at six in the morning. And so, yeah, one of the elders, make sure one of the elders try to make sure that they're there to pray with them. That doesn't yeah. always get to work out, yeah. you know. Uh, but so there's, I think, a difference between outpatient surgery. Yeah. They're going to be there for a few hours right. and somebody that's really going through an extended. Uh, and, and so I think, again, it's a mechanism to go, making a plan, texting, right. calling somebody. Right. Is, is this a good time? 
Uh, is is noon okay? Is it okay if I come? And then do you need anything? I'm going to be passing by because, right. you know, hospital food is so lousy, for instance. Hey, I'm going I to think it's on purpose, by. by the way, so to, so people right. don't want to stay a long time. I, I, yeah, yeah, maybe part a, of it. That could be a different you know, podcast. And, and so go there, and is there something I can pick up? Is there, you know, So there's yeah. a practical way. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I don't want to take too no. long on it. But I do think I think even in James 5, there is some element of practical care for a Certainly. person's Certainly. Uh, I, I agree. And that's a good that's a good word because planning around this, you know, you're, you're one person or however many elders you have. There's just a, a few of you. You can't be everywhere all the time, but planning around at least being there for them, I think, is a great word. In fact, we had somebody who went in for surgery uh, for cancer, uh, and this a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a the surgery was Monday morning. It was it was early, and. And I also, it's hard when you're going in for surgery, you don't know when they got to go back. You're not right. assured you're going to be with them. Right. So actually, so there's a practical tip. I started doing this. I, I drove to his home, which was about 40 minutes away. Yeah. One, myself and one of our other pastors drove to his home that evening, went, sat down a few minutes with him. But we, but we laid hands on him Sunday yeah. evening. We anointed him with oil, and we, which James talks about. That, that could be another conversation. But And we prayed for him, and we were able to do that knowing we were going to get time, unrushed time with him. Right. And so I want to just encourage you, that's part of that plan. Does that person maybe want you there the moment before they go back in surgery? Well, maybe, but everybody doesn't get everything they want. You know, right. that's, that just may not the way it works. Yeah. But, but you, no one could say that, that you're neglectful if you're right. making plans to be there yeah. in, in different times. <clears throat> Go ahead. And, and I think I, I think sometimes you, you need to have some awareness of who this person is, you know, because some people right. really want that. Other people like me, hey, if you don't visit me, my nose is not going to be bent. I don't, you know, sitting there in that, lying there on the bed in a, in a, in a gown looking terrible is not like, hey, I wish everybody could see me now. Well, you know, uh, that's some people don't, want, don't like that, don't want that. And you need to know that. You need to know that about them, uh, what helps them. But, you know, contact, uh, prayer, uh, a word of encouragement from the scriptures, uh, doing right. something to lighten. Uh, that might often be a very gloomy outlook at a time like that uh, to do, bring some encouragement to somebody who is hurting at that time. Yeah, in five to ten minutes, you can get informed on how they're doing, what's the update, even a, talk to the family a minute. If there's family in the room, which you should do if there's family there. Right. And then ask, look, so can I just read from the Scripture and pray for you? And have some Scriptures ready that... Talk about the hope of the gospel. Talk about the comfort that God is to us, and He's our refuge and strength in times of trouble. And then, and then pray. And in five to ten minutes, there's a lot that can be done in that amount of time. But you, you just got to have a plan when you go in and be be diligent to to stick to the plan, and yet listen and be empathetic to where they are and what's what's going on. You need to prepare yourself because if you're uncomfortable seeing them in their gown, haven't bathed in four days, tubes coming out of them, they're going to be uncomfortable. And so sure. we do have to prepare ourselves for what we're going to face. Can I mention one other thing, yep. Brian, and I know we need to wrap this up. I think we need to try to create a plan, and I've sometimes been good at this and sometimes not as good at this, where we, I think churches and pastors sometimes do very good in the acute situation. Uh, there's been a car accident. A baby's born, right. uh, a uh, or a miscarriage crisis. So the crisis, we're there in the crisis. The problem comes as it becomes chronic, and so here, like here's the thought. So here's the lady in the church has the miscarriage. You go and you speak to her. Well, she's not going to be. She's probably not going to be over that 
next Tuesday, you know. And so if you speak right. to them the following week as though, well, hey, how was your week? You know, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, well, it was still sad. Sad? What was going on? Oh, that, you know, and you can have that. You can be that kind of a knucklehead. Yeah. Men uh, who compartmentalize, especially. Uh, right. And well, that was done with. You had that yeah, and you got out of the over, hospital right? and, you yeah. know, you just maybe one day have another baby. Yes. But, hey, you got your, you got other kids, so it's not, shouldn't be a big. <laughs> That's a good you know, point. I'm just yeah. saying, you it, or, you know, a, a bereavement or whatever it is. So, you know, to maybe have some, again, mechanism. So you say somebody's somebody's had a miscarriage. Put it in your phone a week later. I'm going to call. Yep, right. Put it in a, and then have it for the next three or four weeks on your phone. I'm going to call. I'm going to just inquire, perhaps pray with them and see, hey, how you doing? How you holding up? That's a good word, yeah. Uh, so I think that's where we sometimes really drop the ball as we think the crisis is over when the yep. hospital stays over. Yeah, right. And the emotional uh, baggage sometimes is going to continue and psychological mm-hmm. baggage is going to continue for far after. That's a great That's a great word. My, my final word on this is real practical. Just when you go to the hospital to take a note card with you, because a lot of times you go to the hospital and they'll either be in with the doctor or they'll be have tests or whatever. And I waste. I felt like I wasted hospital. I, I did because I came and went several times to the hospital trying to see somebody. Take a note card with you. And if mm. you can't see them, Good. write a note. Yeah. Give it to the nurse. That person in the hospital will have that note to read over and over again if they want. They right. can know you came. I found that that can be almost as effective as just an actual mm. hospital visit. So there's tons we could talk about. But pastors, if you're listening to this, please hear me. This is the core of the daily grind of caring for your people's yeah. souls to where you can give an account for them. So, Jim, will you pray that pastors listening to this would would do that to this end? Yeah. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you are uh, the God who cares about uh, the weak and the lowly. We thank you, Father, that you do not despise weakness and that you use sickness and weakness to remind us of things that are uh, eternal, to remind us of the sufficiency of your grace. And our Father, we do pray that as we are called to minister to people not in their strength those who are well have no need of a physician but rather to minister to people in their weakness father that we would be found faithful to them and faithful to you our father we pray that uh, you would grant that we may so live and labor that our uh, the men and women and children under our care would know uh, through us of your love and be reminded of your truth we pray in jesus name amen amen